It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's great to have you listening. I really do appreciate it. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan, and I'm a speaker, author, consultant, trainer, focusing on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Last time we caught up with Christine from Divine Legs to all to learn even all about her awesome startup advice. You can join in the chat with Christine, in fact, uh, about that episode or any others or any other e-commerce topic you like in our Facebook group. It's called e-commerce master plan world. And you can either find it on Facebook or go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Let me introduce you to today's special guest. Jan Root is the founder of Violent Little Machine Shop. Now, Violent Little Machine Shop is an online-only and wholesale business distributing their unique and crazy tactical patches, along with many other items. Uh, We'll come into what those are later. And they launched in June 2013 and are now approaching even their 50,000th order. Hi, Jan. Hey, how's it going? It's good. It's good. And I've just given our listeners like a ridiculously quick overview of you and your business that really answered none of their questions at all. So um, so how did you get started off in e-commerce? Well, I, I guess my, my note prior to this is uh, my last podcast that I was interviewed on, I was, it was like first thing in the morning and I had just woken up and I was, I felt like I played it pretty boring and my voice was kind of monotone. I've got an uncle who's who's been in broadcasting for like 30 years and mm-hmm. you know I sent him the links afterwards and he was like ah y- you were kind of boring at first there was no excitement in your voice so in order to uh, well and then I listened to it and I was like yeah it was kind of boring so I'm going to go to the other side of the spectrum on this one I've actually I, you and I didn't chat about this in our pre-conversation but uh I've been drinking for about 2 hours uh to get nice and loose for this interview. Oh, wow. Cool. My first yeah. drunk guest. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see what kind of nuggets come out of that. But uh, <laughs> I feel like I should have joined in. I mean, if you'd told me, <laughs> I'd have hit the beer. <laughs> I feel at a disadvantage now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, listeners, this could go anywhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Might. yeah, apart from, apart from drinking pre-podcast, um, how did how did you get started off in e-commerce? Uh, it's, it's noon here, by the way. So I've been going since about eight. <laughs> it's eight, five o'clock nine. somewhere. It's five yeah, o'clock yeah. somewhere. It's all good. Yeah. Well, that's the advantage of being a uh, an e-commerce shop owner. You can start drinking before right? noon. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Basically, <laughs> was that the primary reason you got into e-commerce? <clears throat> uh, kind of. I mean, more so. It was I was tired of my destiny being tied to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a partner. I don't really want to talk about it, um, or that prior partnership. That's cool. Um, cause you know, I'm in a, I'm in a much better place right now and it's just awesome being kind of master of your own destiny. Um, it was pretty clear to me early on that I had a knack for inventing products and, um, having my finger on the pulse and understanding what people would want to buy. So I learned how to make stuff and I learned how to have stuff made. Um, and obviously with the internet being one of the easiest ways to buy things, it was, uh, it was just natural fit to, to start an e-commerce business. Um, 
Oh, cool. So you just so, got to get get your your creativity right out there, basically, and being yeah. be in total control of your own destiny. <clears throat> exactly. Um, no, you know, nobody telling you what to do, what time to wake up in. You know, more so. It's. I mean, even more than that. I think it's. Uh, you know, when you go into a partnership, you have expectations of each other, mm-hmm. and those expectations almost always end up getting, uh, you know, unfulfilled or disappointed. Um, and so when true. it's yourself, you only have yourself to disappoint. So, <laughs> and hopefully, you know, a little bit more about yourself than you do about any prospective business partner. So it should be right. less of a shock <laughs> at least. Yeah. But if you hold yourself to high standards or, you know, want to, you know, want to fulfill that drive inside you, it can be, it can be actually super motivating to be by yourself because you're, uh, there's actually a really good quote from one of my buddies and it's mm-hmm. no one is, no one is coming. It's up to us. So, you know, um, if you transfer that to a kind of a solopreneurship, it's no one is coming. It's up to me. And, yeah, you've, uh, you've got to get the traffic. You've got to get the sales. No one else is going to do it for you. Yeah, no one's going to put in the work other than you. Um, okay, cool. So you, you've been in e-commerce for what, approaching four years now. Heading up to that fiftieth fifty thousandth order. So, um, so let's find out a little bit about the business as it is right now. Now you're somewhere in America, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I live in Sun Valley, Idaho, and that's where our physical shop slash maker space is located. That's where mm-hmm. we fulfill all of our orders from. But I am actually in Miami Beach, Florida, right now. Very nice. And I am spending the winter out here till at least May, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a one-way ticket, my fiance, our German shepherd and I, and, uh, and yeah, there was nine feet of snow in my, uh, in my yard before we left and, uh, we decided to get out of there. (laughs) And the joy of e-commerce being, you can do just that head off. Well, yeah, you can, although I haven't really been able to until, until this point really, but it's at a really good point. And so I saw the opportunity to be able to to take off for the winter, um, and, uh, and took it. And so at the point where we're recording, how long have you been in Miami for? I have been here almost, uh, I would say three weeks. Oh, cool. So, so you, you've yeah. got, you've got past the, this was a terrible idea. We're going back. So it's clearly, clearly been a good move. Well, my fiance is still kind of in that stage, uh, uh but, but <laughs> missing we, the ski. Uh, well, so we came at winter time or sorry, Christmas time mm. for, uh, because my brother lives here and my mother mm. who is from Vermont is also renting a house here for, for six months. And we decided, and we came at Christmas time and I, I just, I loved the vibe and I loved the art scene here and just kind of everything that's going on. It was so different to, to what's going on in Idaho that, uh, I decided to just kind of switch the game up. Um, and we just decided kind of right on the spot that we were going to come out here to Miami and give it a go and spend the winter out here and get some different looks and see what happens. Nice. So who have you got man- manning the uh, the creation and the picking and packing back in Idaho for you then? Yeah, so I've got a, um, you know, I usually run with a crew of three to four time uh, or three to four full time people. Mm hmm. Uh, plus two freelance artists. And right now there's actually just one person at the shop. Um, and he's, he's fulfilling all the orders and, uh, handling all the, 
customer service for the most part. I mean, I'm still working. I'm, mm. this isn't, this isn't a vacation. Um, but I call this kind of like, uh, so like me leaving really, and especially at this time of year where, you know, October, November, December, like that fourth quarter is our biggest part of the year as mm-hmm. an e-commerce business. And so January is really, you know, January and on is really our time to, and that first quarter is really our time to step back. So I just, you know, I call this the step back period where, you know, you've, you look at getting into some new areas. Um, you do, you know, it, it's where I kind of assess my business and, and work on new stuff and learn new stuff. And, um, so, so moving to a totally different state is a really good good idea when you're trying to do that, isn't it? Because you, you can't nip into the shop to, to fiddle with things. You really get that proper space. I mean, I love my life in Idaho, right? I've, I belong to an amazing gym. My shop is, you know, great. We've got an amazing group of friends. It's such a small town. You know everybody. Um, but you know, that doesn't necessarily facilitate learning new things or growing. And when I, you know, in periods of my life where I felt stagnant, I like to take a step back where I just evaluate my life, evaluate myself, evaluate my business, um, as well as implement new things. Uh, the whole reason I came to Miami was to be around different people, to be around different art and a new routine and, get outside my comfort zone to get my mind working in different ways than it's used to, um, which is important to do in a creative field. So like right now I'm doing like, I'm doing a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like one of my main goals is to like to get my blue belt in that. Um, I'm doing a lot of yoga, which really, you know, if you, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of short and stocky. So if you saw my body type, like I'm not really a yoga person, <laughs> but, uh, I'm doing a lot of yoga because there's like a, there's a meditative practice to that. And it's just switching up your routine. I get tired of driving, you know, of my life being in this kind of triangle in Sun Valley, Idaho, where I live, where it's just, you know, in between my house and the shop and, you know, our, our health club. And it's, you know, it's basically a, uh, it's a three mile triangle that you never live, that you never leave. Um, it's, you know, it's an amazing quality of life. But uh, you got to switch it up sometimes. Um, and, and to me, I'm, I'm real in tune with when, you know, you know, when I tell myself to switch it up and when, you know, when I might be leaning that way. So, yeah, that's what we did. We, uh, we just picked up and moved. And, um, and now we're here. So I'm guessing one of the reasons why it's quite important to go away and kind of re- revive those creative um, batteries as such is because your products really do rely on your creativity so I certainly our British listeners haven't got a clue what a tactical patch is I certainly didn't so could you tell us a little bit about what the physical products that you sell are and then a little bit about the inspiration that's behind them yeah so we sell patches so if uh, if any of your British customers are familiar with the sex pistols or like the punk rock scene it's like these punk rock well punk rock patches are an example of this. You know, you sew patches to your coat or your, you know, your jacket or your pants or your bag or something like that. Uh, I got you. So tactical patches, uh, you know, kind of stemming off of that, you know, all military people and all, you know, people that shoot guns, which is, you know, us here in America and, uh, you know, police officers and like people kind of in that, 
military tactical gun shooting world um, have gear. And most of this gear has Velcro on it to be able to display uh, patches or to be able to attach, um, you know, different items onto it. Okay. So the niche is uh, we make patches that has that have Velcro attached on the back. And uh, it allows you to, to display um, whatever it is you want to display. So you so, can literally day-to-day change what you've got on show if you wanted to. Exactly. And so, like, I've got a sweater, for example, or I've got, like, a, a jacket, and it's in, like, a, a olive drab green color. And on the on both shoulders, there's, you know, a 4 by 4 piece of uh, loop Velcro on there. And then every morning when I, you know, put it on obviously not in Miami but when I'm in Idaho <laughs> I'll put my jacket on uh, I throw a new patch on there or something like that so are those products then the the patches do they have to be of the minute you know are people buying these every week every month to keep up with different trends and different things that are going on in in the landscape or is it more kind of an evergreen thing you know you get your police patch or pe- your police slogan and, and you stick with that for months it's a, it's a little bit of both. We originally found a lot of traction in being timely. And because we have the equipment to make mm-hmm. patches in-house, we were able to uh, react to certain events that happened uh, very quickly. Like, and I'm talking about oh, wow. in 10 minutes. Like if something, if something big happened, we could have a patch out there for sale you know, collecting money for it, uh, in, you know, I've done it in 10 minutes. Um, you just to prove a point that we could do it within 10 minutes. Uh, that's kind of how I train my employees when they first come in. Like I will show them like, what's, what's an idea you have for a patch and they'll spit something out. And then I'm like, Roger that we'll make this in 10 minutes and have it on the website for sale, uh, within that time period. Um, so that's everything from concept to you know making the art obviously in 10 minutes sometimes the art uh lacks a little bit it might be like more text based Mm -hmm. um and i'll give you an example of that in a second but uh so art uh you know straight to our machinery we make it uh we get it upstairs into our photography studio and shoot it right onto shopify create the listing um boom it's out there boom we blast it out to our fifty-five thousand instagram followers and then, uh, actually that's a lie. 54.1 thousand as of right now I was rounding up, but I don't want to, I don't want to pretend to, I don't want to pretend to have the big numbers and, um, and, or our email list and, uh, and then, and then some face kind of some, there's some Facebook groups that are actually super dial. There's like Facebook groups really? just for patches. There's several of them and they all have, yeah, there's like several thousand members and, it's a big deal. There's like a, it's a big niche that people, you know, truly collect in and, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird community, but it's an awesome one. Um, so example, uh, when Charlie Hebdo had those terrorist mm-hmm. attacks against it, uh, in, in Paris, um, you know, I think within several hours, um, you know, when we figured out what was truly going on, we had a Je suis Charlie, uh, morale yeah. patch up on the site and we donated we donated uh i mean we do this mm-hmm. for a lot of different causes or, or events that happen and we donated all the sales to 
you know, to the memorial funds or, or, or whatever funds get set up for those people. And, um, yeah, we did that with a couple different, uh, couple different things, um, or, you know, probably more than I can name at this point, but, uh, that's, that's kind of been our niche. Like for example, uh, you know, president Obama one time saluted a Marine with, uh, Starbucks coffee cup in his hand, which is a huge <laughs> no, no, if you've ever been in the military. I haven't, but I can imagine that would be not the greatest of respectful things to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, if I were to do that to an officer, uh, in the military, like, mm. you know, I would have never heard the end of it. Um, so, you know, within a couple hours we had, a uh, Obama double <laughs> latte salute, uh, patch up you know, on the site, it was limited edition, you know, I think mm -hmm. we did like a hundred of them or something like that. And we sold out within, uh, within like an hour. So, um, we did a lot of time, you know, that's how we, that's how we kind of, I mean, I had to figure it out as we went along, but I was like, Hey, I can make this stuff really fast. Um, it'd be an amazing advantage to, to put stuff out there, uh, as soon as it happens. And that's kind of what we got known for right at the beginning. And we'll still do that. Uh, but then there was like a lot of other stuff. So when I said mm -hmm. like half and half, like timely stuff and then kind of enduring stuff, there's, you know, there's other stuff that will take a lot of time to invest the art and the concept into. And then we, we turn those into a patch and, uh, and they'll sell, you know, for as long as they'll sell. Like one of our most popular patches, the Creasy Bear patch, which was actually one of my first uh, patches is, you know, year after year, it's been our, you know, one of our best sellers. What is it? What's the patch? It, it's called Creasy Bear. It's from a movie oh. called Man on Fire with uh, Denzel Washington. And it's just a teddy bear holding a bottle of whiskey and a gun in another hand. And it just says Creasy Bear underneath. And it's super simple. And it's, and it's a, it's a playoff of the movie mm. or for anybody that's seen it, but it's, uh, people love it. And it's, um, you just hit the, you just got the, the right product for the right audience. Yeah. And you just, uh, that was kind of the patch that opened my eyes up to the whole, to the whole thing. When I saw, I went on a camping trip, uh, when we ended up launching the patch and I didn't have any cell phone reception. And when I came back the next day, you know, we got over the mountain pass and I turned my phone on where I knew I'd have reception. And, you know, we had more orders than I had ever seen before <laughs> in my life. And I was like, uh Oh, something happened. Like, What happened? And people just loved the patch. It was, it was pretty cool. Oh, nice. So you mentioned earlier you're on Shopify. Were you on Shopify right from the start? Yeah. And, um, and in my last business, we, we had, uh, we had, you know, we, at the time, I mean, this is probably 10 years ago at the time, these online resources were not very well developed No, and we didn't, um, you know, they were kind of like, uh, you know, you couldn't do a lot of customization. So it looked like a canned ham type of response. If you wanted to put a site using some of this, uh, you know, some of this e-commerce software, it wasn't, it wasn't really, you know, it didn't look really good. So we yeah. developed our own site using web developers and they developed our own, um, you know, kind of e-commerce platform or like, you know, they tied mm. in a merchant, you know, like we had a merchant account, like it was just all complicated yeah, and time I mean, consuming really, and expensive. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, it cost us five, yeah, it cost us five grand to get the thing off the table or off the, uh, off the, yeah, off the table, off works, the ground. Yeah. 
yeah, off the table works or off the ground. And, uh, and it never really even works the way we wanted it to. So, um, you know, when we looked at, uh, you know, ready to go e-commerce platforms, we looked at Volusion and I actually had signed up for Volusion first and then in playing around with it and seeing what kind of customization I could do, um, it was just a complicated nightmare. So then I moved over to Shopify, you know, almost immediately. And, uh, you know, maybe Volusion has gotten a lot better since then. But at the time, I found it complicated. And uh, I don't want to get sued. So. <laughs> it was. Um, it's, it's all about finding the I, yeah. right solution for you, isn't it? So Yeah. You... And then Shopify seemed a lot simpler. The art aspect of it was a lot better. And so I got familiar with Shopify. And... Um, haven't looked back since. And I recommend, you know, anybody that I run into that's, you know, got an idea or, you know, whatever, I'm just like Shopify all the way. I've never recommended anything. Else. I'm a pretty massive Shopify fan myself. And if anyone listening wants to get a great discount and they haven't yet bought their Shopify, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash offers to find out all about that. But um, one of the great things about Shopify is you can put widgets and plugins in place. So are there any kind of key ones you've been playing around with and, and that you really recommend yeah let me um yeah so sumo me aha the great mighty is, sumo me yeah that's a big one for us because and i think this ties into one of your other questions but oh no go for it um it's all about the email list at, at least for us in this model that we have you know your email list is what re- represents your you know your core customer base the people that love you the most, the people that will buy your stuff the most, um, to us, you know, it is absolutely, you know, the most important marketing channel that we have, um, bar none. And we've got, uh, just over 23,000 people on our email list and we range from like a 30 to 40% open rate. Wow. And, um, yeah, I think around like a, like a three or I don't want to misstate it, but I think like around like a three to five percent click rate. So you're you're using Sumo Me to capture those emails. Then I assume you're using uh, Mailchimp to send. No, I like. No. Uh, we've moved on to Clavio. Aha, Clavio fan. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It's a little bit. Yeah. Uh, originally, we were on Aweber. Oh and wow! Then we, yeah, we hated Aweber. I went to Aweber because of Pat Flynn. Uh, Pat Flynn. And then we moved over to MailChimp from that and found the interface to be a little bit more simple and easy to use. But then Clavio really has the, you know, the tie-ins with Shopify to where mm-hmm. you can like, you can do an insane amount of segmenting of your, of your list or of your customers that accept marketing. Like for example, like customers that have ordered over $500 worth of stuff lifetime, which in our world where patches cost anywhere from six to ten dollars to buy, that's a lot of patches. So that's like those are those are like big fans, like as an example of, you know, if you want to segment uh kind of your yeah. special people, if you will. Um oh, cool. and then yeah, so and then there's there's some like there's some other things with Clavio that uh like the uh like the series, like it lets you send email series like so someone signs up for our for our newsletter they get hit with like i think it's like five to seven emails uh you know on a schedule like uh, like kind of like a welcome series and then there's other stuff that like hits them with some of our popular products if they haven't bought them yet and you can just get really nitty-gritty uh with it 
So it does a lot of the work for you, doesn't it? When you can yeah. can work it that way. Now, the fact you're saying, you know, you've got the email list is about, is the, the heart of the business, it's the core customers and that. That's one of the things which, you know, having had a look at your website and I think anyone who goes and has a look, it is a real example in taking the brand and the character of the business through pretty much everything. <laughs> you know, it's it's rich in brand and character to the point that, you know, the you haven't called the about us page the about us page, you've called it the kind of about us. And then that's well <laughs> worth a read. For for anyone working on their about us page, go and have a read of yarns. It is um it's 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 different. Um and then, you know, you've you've got the patch graveyard as well where where patches go to die. Um there's there's a real raw honesty and lack of lack of bullshit in the way the brand character is put forward. Was that something that just naturally came to you? Was it a decision you made? Um, you know, it's, it's clearly at the heart of the business, but but how did you? I guess you know, it, has it always been intentional from the beginning, or was it just kind of a no-brainer? Yeah, it, it was intentional at the beginning because um, again, going back to this partnership that I was in prior. Uh, I couldn't really do what I wanted to do. You always have to run a decision by somebody or whatever. And I'm, I'm kind of an outlandish person and I know, you know, and I was in the military, so I know what that culture and that humor Mm -hmm. is like. And it was like, I always had to run everything by this person. And, uh, because, you know, you've got a partner in this and it just started wearing on me and, and I was just very dissatisfied with the process. And I'm like, I know I've got this, not that I'm, you know, a marketing genius or, or nobody would ever call me that, but like, not that I know anything about it. What I know is my friends and I know myself and I know what we like. And that's what it is, is like, I know what this sense of humor is. And when I couldn't really do that in my last business, um, you know, I branched out in my own and I was like, look, I'm not going to apologize for any of this shit. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. We're going to say what we want to do. We're not going to pretend the fact, you know, we're not going to pr- pretend yeah. that, you know, we don't have a few beers at work or a scotch or that like, you know, it's just this, it's this whole other side and it's so liberating to be able to just <laughs> do just what you, you want <laughs> and yeah, be what, be, be you. And, and, you know, you don't have to, the stories are cool. Like the story is cool enough as it is. Like you don't have to fake it till you make it. You don't have to like, it's just the fact that like, you know, and I'm not even talking about this business. I'm talking about for like anybody that wants to get into this, like do not fake it till you make it. Like there is, there is no, you know, shame in owning your situation and being like, like, Hey, we're a new company. Like, but we, we like this, you know, we think this stuff's pretty cool. Like maybe you will too. And like, just be unapologetically you. And, um, and it's brought this real, you know, genuine voice to the brand because it's us. And, and it's not even just limited to me, like all my guys that, you know, I've got working for me, they've all left their stamp on the brand and it's all, you know, it's all their voice too. And it's, um, it's a lot of fun and it's, and it's just so, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's just so much stuff that occupies your mind on a daily basis and causes you stress and, and being unapologetically you and just, and doing what you want to do is, is just, it's so liberating and it's so freeing because you can just kind of like, you can breathe and you can, and you can just be you and you can just say like whatever's on your mind at the time. And people love it because, because very few businesses out there do that. They try to, I don't know. They try to pretend like they've got a hundred people working for them and, 
you know, and, and they've got, the, they've got all this stuff figured out. And it's like, that's not the truth. Like, that's not the truth of anything. It's like, that's where the whole quote comes. So that quote, there's no one coming. It, it's up to us. It comes mm-hmm. from one of my, one of my, um, earliest employees who was a Navy SEAL. And, um, you know, at that was in the highest rungs of, or the highest rung of being a Navy SEAL. Um, so he's the top of the top and he was a team leader at the time and they were about to go on a mission and they kind of like looked around at each other. And even though these guys are legitimately the best of the best in the world, right? Like our nation's Mm -hmm. best team, the type of team, you know, that goes in to get Osama bin Laden. Like, yeah. They weren't on that mission, but, um, you know, that's the type of team that we're talking about. And they looked around at each other. And at the end of the day, they're just all a bunch of guys too. And they look around and they're like, there's nobody else coming. There's no secret special team, like secret special Jason (laughs) team (laughs) behind, you know, behind a black curtain that, that the government's going to whip out. Like it's up to us. Um, so I, I kind of forgot about you know, why I got on this quote, but, um, you know, that's how, that's how it came about. It was about about being unapologetically you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you just, you just do what you know and, and just, and, and be you. And if that's not enough for your customer base, then, you know, maybe they're the wrong customer. Um, there's definitely, definitely a lot to be said for putting, putting that level of honesty out there in order to make you sure your customers are with you and it certainly seems to be working with the various sales stats and email stats etc etc you've shared with us well Jan I think it's time we move on into the top tips round okay right I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level so Jan first up your book top tip if everybody listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better which book would you recommend well we do take Fridays off at Vinyl Little Machine Shop by the way oh nice yeah um I've got two books if that's okay two is fine the first is four hour work week by Tim Ferriss because it causes you to view time in a different way and truly think about what you want in your life and your business and why. Um, it's easy to say, you know, I want to make a million dollars or a billion dollars, but if you don't know why it's kind of an arbitrary goal and arbitrary goals don't really get you anywhere. You have to have an underlying, you know, reason that drives you towards that. Um, I found anyways, Mm -hmm. um, and as, as far as like a, a, a truly business book goes, I would go with rework by the guys that started 37 signals, which is, um, which is now Basecamp. It's like this project management software, but, uh, this book is like my spirit animal. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great book. I'd highly recommend it as well. Okay, cool. The traffic top tip then, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, we talked, we talked about the email list earlier. Um, and whoever made the quote, you know, whether it was Pat Flynn or Tim Ferriss or, you know, I don't know, yeah. but it's, yeah, I always go back to the quote money's in the email list. Cause that's like the hub that nobody can ever take away from you. Um, you can get banned from Facebook. You can get banned from Instagram. You can be, get banned from Twitter. Um, all these other little marketing spokes, uh, that can get taken away from you at any time or if they change like the way that they do business, uh, especially kind of like in a line like mine where it's like, 
it's related to the military and war and guns. And that is not uh, necessarily in line with the way that e-commerce normally goes um, or, or the people that run these e-commerce mm. places normally goes. But uh, well, so that's email. We've already talked about it. I would say our next best is our Instagram. Um, you know, we've got a, a sizable Instagram following, but even that has kind of gone by the wayside when Instagram started charging you to get to all your followers at the same time. Um, so, you know, we revert back to the email list, uh, if, if we're not getting the traction that we need, uh, you know, with the other, with the other venues, but Instagram has been a great platform for us. Um, but not as good as it used to be, not as good as it used to be. Yeah. But that's okay. Cause you know, we've, we didn't put all our eggs in one basket. You made the most of it whilst it was there. And now you've got Shit. still got the email address to go back to. Okay. Yeah, exactly. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media, plug in a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Uh, Dropbox. It works incredibly well for us because we can post any of our photos to Instagram um, instantly, wherever we are. So it allows us to curate our Instagram a lot better. Like if, if for some reason, like for example, like, you know, if it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm like, oh, we haven't posted this photo in a long time or, you know, haven't done this, like right on my phone, wherever I am, I can, uh, you know, pull up my Dropbox, download the photo, post it immediately to my Instagram and make whatever, whatever post I need to make, um, you nice. know, to get some, some last minute sales on the day if we're a little bit lower. Cool. And the startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? I've got two. It's, That's okay. It's find your voice. Like what's unique about what you're saying or doing and why is that interesting to other people and, and make it interesting. Like, and people, you know, people at the end, at the end of the day want to want to know about people. Um, and, and, you know, kind of what's led them there. At least that's kind of what interests me, right? Like I'm, I'm super interested in about learning about others. Um, and then the second would be to just do it, like take action right now. Don't analyze it to death with business plans and a bunch of hemming and hawing. Um, (laughs) you know, if you and I are talking at a restaurant, my words to you are to start this thing as soon as you get home tonight, like time works against all of us. It's not even worth waiting like an extra second to get your business going. Um, and if you're drunk, all the better. You never know what's lurking in there. Just to, uh, just waiting to get discovered. Okay, awesome. Well, Masterplan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to e-commerce masterplan podcast, e-commerce masterplan.com forward slash podcast even, where you'll see a link to this show. You, you may well be thinking, I have managed to find some wine during the course of this show, but I haven't. I promise I'm just stumbling over the words anyway. Um, <laughs> now, Jan, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Yeah, so our website is violentlittle.com um, and our Instagram is at violentlittle. Pretty simple. Um, I would I would refer you to the Facebook, but uh, we don't really do much there. So. But we'll keep, keep it to the two that are active then. So yeah. I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Master Plan World, you can find those at 
and I'm going to get it right this time, ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Jan, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce master plan podcast today and for being so generous sharing your experience and your business with us all. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, amazing. I love uh, talking about myself. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Well, there you have it, our first drunk guest. Uh, And I I think it worked. I I think he was very interesting. And I certainly had some great, great bits and pieces and tips and advice there, especially, I think, around the being true to your brand and getting that brand across. It's clearly playing dividends for them. I really do recommend you go and have a look at uh, violentlittle.com, which is the Violent Little Machine Shop site, to just see how, how they really, really do just squeeze the branding into every last bit of space, little bit of product, every aspect of the business. It's um, it's re- it's a really great example. And also, of course, how email can work for you. Um, and as he said, it's all about the email list. So it's all about the email list and be unapologetically you. Let me know what you think about this episode and any others by joining in the conversation in our Facebook group, the e-commerce master plan world. As one of our subscribers, if you're enjoying the e-commerce masterplan podcast, please do share it with your e-commerce friends. Twitter, Facebook, over a coffee, over a pint, I really don't mind, but it's always good to see those lister numbers going up and knowing that I'm helping ever more people with this content. And make sure, of course, that you come back next week to hear something a little different. We're going to be diving into the fascinating world of selling computer games online. I don't mean phone apps, I mean PC and console games, so full-on checkouts with digital downloads happening at the end of them. We're going to be doing that with Mark Morris from Introversion Software. It's already recorded, it's already in the can, and I know it's a great episode with some really, really interesting lessons for all of us, so please do tune into that one. In the meantime, though, have a super week and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.